Hello, everyone. Uh, it's Gunner alone again. Uh, I, I fear Dave has forgotten my, my, my Skype handle or something. Um, so I'm on the show all by myself again this week. Uh, and uh, this week I actually brought in two guests uh, to talk about something we actually haven't talked about in a long time, uh, which is Drupal, uh, the content management system, right? I guess we can call it, though, although it's grown into considerably more than that, I think. Um, and that's a little bit of what we're going to talk about today. So uh, our two guests today are uh, Adam Weingarten, uh, of Acquia and Nika Hector uh, from DS Federal, uh, who's a, a a local development shop uh, in uh, in DC. Um, anyway, uh, Adam, uh, why don't we start with you? Uh, do you want to just give us a, your name, rank, serial number, kind of uh, what it is that you do for a living? Yeah, yeah, no worries. Um, yeah, so my name is Adam Weingarten. I'm a technical architect at Acquia. Um, so I work on um, you know lots of our um, different consulting projects uh, where we work with different clients to you know, design, architect, and implement um, their solutions, their visions. Um, so, you know, we'll, uh, we'll come in, we'll come up with a plan, and then uh, work with the team to, to execute against it and, you know, deliver a, uh, a site or a tool uh, the client's looking for. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Nika, how about you? Um, I currently work for DS Federal as a senior software developer, and I basically um, work with um, our clients to come up with um, solutions um, with for content management systems, um, particularly using Drupal, and um, basically even sometimes dealing with project management and setting up. The, so from beginning to end. Right. Right. Of course. Delivering. Awesome solutions for our clients. <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay, so so if I want architecture work, I go to Adam, and if I want awesomeness, I go to you. Yes, yes, Okay, all right, got it. Uh, okay, so the, the reason why both of you are on at the same time um, is the upcoming uh, Drupal GovCon uh, that's happening in DC in uh, in Bethesda at the end of July, and we'll talk more about that at the end of the show. But um, for right now, I guess uh, maybe let me start with Adam. Um, Adam, I know that. Right around the kind of the late aughts, uh, Drupal was really coming into its own in government. Um, this is right about the time that the new uh, the new administration had come in, um, and there was a big push for kind of citizen engagement. I know where everybody was talking about open government, and uh, Drupal seemed to be kind of the platform of choice. Uh, so, can you can you walk me through kind of I guess the last seven years of uh, of Drupal in government um, and kind of uh, and kind of where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. You know, like you said, about seven to eight years ago, um, you know, government was looking to kind of you know reinvent and re-engage uh, with citizens. Uh, a lot of this started or was kicked off by Whitehouse.gov. Um, I think they were one of. I think they were the first um, Drupal site in government, and that really inspired the rest of the government to follow suit. Yeah, yeah that's um, a, that's a hell of a customer reference, by the way. That's, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I can't do much better than that. <laughs> so I mean, you know, uh, th- th- there. Whitehouse.gov as a user of Drupal has been um, awesome um, for the for the community. Um, you know, they started I think um, in the D six days, um, so it's it's been a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, after that, you saw a lot of other federal agencies um, following. Um, I think you know one of the big attractions is that you know it's open source, so um, you know they can they don't have to worry about annual licensing fees. They don't have to worry about um, these closed proprietary systems. 
Um, they can share code among agencies and with uh, people. Um, so, you know, as kind of a civic tool, um, you know, if, if an agency is doing something really cool, they can go out and share it with the public and other people can use it. Um, and it's pretty neat. Yeah. That's, no, that's great. That's great. Yeah. I think that's one of the great things about Drupal is that, um, it is open source and it's such a collaborative community, you know, with, um, people who are willing to, you know, share, um, solutions for different problems that we come up, you know, come up. I have to deal with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, uh, so is it, do I have it right that, um, my guess is probably 80, 90% of the Drupal sites out there are kind of simple agency front doors, uh, just kind of informational sites, things like that. Um, uh, what, what other kinds of, what other kinds of projects do you, do you guys end up, uh, end up getting involved in? I've, I've dealt with some interesting things. So not only um, do government agencies also want to use it as like a content management system, a way to manage their content. I've worked on certain projects where they actually want to use it as like kind of like a front end interface because Drupal kind of ha- has been vetted um, security wise. Mm-hmm. I worked on one project where it was a mobile app. And so um, we had to, on the back end, interact, interface with MySQLite for, um, to update the database, you know, to update the data and then using Drupal on the other side for content management. So, you know, Drupal is flexible in that way that it allows you to kind of like um, use it, you, you know, expand and add additional functionality to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Drupal is definitely kind of, I mean, it, the start, I think, as you mentioned, was really as a content management system, but I think we're starting to see it evolve as an application server as well. Yep. Um, you know, like uh, one project I worked on recently, we, uh, we built kind of a kiosk installation um, to show social media posts for one client. So they wanted to, to aggregate like Twitter and Facebook information and then show it as like a slideshow um, in their office. Um, that didn't have to be updated. So, you know, Drupal would go, it would pull in um, all this information together. Um, It would sort it, it would sanitize it, it would standardize it, and then it would, you know, emit it out as a, um, you know, a simple JSON feed um, that, you know, a page that was built on it just slurps up and consumes and just keeps running. So it's kind of, it's not what you would normally expect from a CMS, but it's stuff that we're, we're seeing more and more of. Um, seeing it to drive stuff like signage. Um, we have um, some cool, cool projects uh, coming down the other uh, line where we're going to be working to, um, to do with a public transportation agency where we're going to be showing um, you know, coming and departing trains. Oh, cool. um, so, so, so there's a lot of really neat stuff that you can do with it. Right. That's, so that's... And, and famously, I mean, I think uh, you both mentioned this. One of the reasons why Drupal is so successful is because of its community and this like boatload of additions and improvements that that people have made um, over the years. Um, and so that br- that brings us to uh, kind of we've been through Drupal six, kind of where the government journey started, uh, more or less, and then uh, onto D seven. And now that now that we're in D eight territory, D eight was a big change for the uh, for the Drupal project, wasn't it, Adam? Yeah, it was huge. Um, so. D6 and D7, um, they corresponded um, to, you know, around PHP 5.2, 5.3, uh, which, you know, was really just when PHP was starting to integrate modern, modern object-oriented principles in, mm-hmm. um, which means that they really weren't, PHP 6 certainly wasn't built on it. PHP 7 started dipping its toes in, but really wasn't quite built with those ideas in mind. 
D8 um, is a totally different beast. It's been built um, on top of PHP 5.6 and increasingly PHP 7. Um, and it's built object-oriented from the ground up. Um, you know, a lot of the core procedural architecture um, that previously was there in, in the old versions has largely been removed um, and replaced with a modern framework. Um, D8 is also using a lot of um, other um, existing frameworks that are being used by the larger community. So um, it's heavily reliant on Symfony for its internal uh, routing um, and several other library functions. It's using um, Composer now, uh, which is a PHP package manager to manage dependencies, to manage resources. Um, it's using, um, it's heavily dependent now on PHP unit for unit testing, um, which is great. Um, it's a really, really fast and quick uh, way to do things. Um, and increasingly, we're seeing a lot of adoption of BHAT for functional and behavioral testing. So that's, a, so that's interesting. As When we talk about an ecosystem as sprawling as Drupal's, uh, there, when you're making a big change like that, when it, you know, I'm trying to imagine sitting down with a clean sheet of paper and figuring out what you want to do with, with D8. And uh, the choices you have in front of you especially at, with such a sprawling community, you will end up with all kinds of ways of solving the same problem, right? Uh, you'll have many different unit testing frameworks. You'll have many di different uh, packaging <laughs> frameworks and, and things like this. And so um, what I'm hearing is that D8 is, is becoming a little more opinionated about certain areas. In other words, uh, D8 is kind of declaring certain, uh, declaring certain problems solved in the sense of, no, 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 you don't need to worry about any of these other unit testing frameworks like PHP unit. That's, that's the way to go. Um, is that, is that, and that would be, seem like a marker of maturity for the community. Um, it, it, does that, it, does that ring true with you? Yeah, I think, I think what we've seen is it's not so much that, um, D8 is trying to be prescriptive. I think it's just more a, a sign of the maturing, um, community, especially in the PHP side of the world mm -hmm. where there really are some tools that have become, you know, the major, um, standards or pull bearers, um, in the community. And D8 is kind of, is, is really, uh, in some ways, uh, the follower of the community in that sense, where it's, it's using the tools that really have, have become the winners. Right, the kind of emergent winner. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. So, Nico, uh, have, you, have you done much work with D8 so far? Um, no, I haven't. Um, okay. Most of my, the clients that I've been working with are primarily dealing with D7. So hopefully mm -hmm. toward the end of this year, uh, and, um, we'll begin moving to, I think... Uh, Drupal 8 went live when? In, earlier this year, correct? It was, yeah, it was on uh, Dries' birthday. I think it was November. <laughs> I, I, I should remember this because it's in the expires header for, uh, for Drupal by default. Um, but it's November, it's, I think, mid to end November. Yeah, so, so a lot of the government, from what I, what I hear from a lot of the, our, my cl our clients is that, you know, they're waiting for a lot of the... Um, uh, contributed modules to kind of be flushed out and they're, they're hesitant. So, but they're anxious at the same time to, you know, move into Drupal 8. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the trick with, uh, again, with such a large ecosystem and such a, uh, an incumbent user base, you end up with this, with this challenge of, if you want to make a big change into the platform, um, you got to bring the entire ecosystem with you. Right. Um, yes. and so, uh, and, and that is double extra true in government, um, which is extraordinarily conservative on stuff like this, you know, with security yes. regulations and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, so have there been, 
Uh, Adam, has that been a challenge? I, I mean, from what Nika says, I guess it, I guess it has been a challenge, at least on some level. Um, what kind of are there any uh, tools or affordances that are going to help folks move from a D6 or D7 installation into D8? Yeah, so so definitely, we're seeing it's a lot of work to go from D7 to D8. Um, you know, I think the first step is you know the the community is working really really hard um, to port or rebuild um, their contributed modules on Drupal.org mm-hmm. over to the new the new art system. Um, so you're seeing a really really cool. Um, kind of rebirth of, of all of these ideas and modules and projects there. Um, and ultimately, um, the quality of what's being built now is a lot better than I think it's ever been. Um, you're seeing some really, really robust solutions coming out um, you know, that are being built with best practices, are being built with unit tests, which a lot weren't in the past. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's, it's really, that, that's great. Um, it takes time, though. Um, so if, if, you, if you go on Drupal.org right now and you look at some of the contributed projects, a lot of them are in alpha still. There are some betas. Um, some are still in very, very early uh, phases. Um, some are more mature. Um, you know, whether or not it's, you know, it's certainly perfectly you know, reasonable to build, do a site right now in D7 and build it. Um, and if you're on D7, you shouldn't be afraid. Uh, it, it, it's, got, it's got a long life ahead of it. Um, you know, I think um, you know if you're doing a simpler site, you'll be really successful today on D8. If you're doing kind of an intermediate to complex one, um, you know you have to judge you know what's the right fit for you right now, and what are the requirements, and is there support for what you're doing immediately? Right, right. You know, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So, so Nika, tell me a little bit about. So, we'll we'll use you as a representative uh, Drupal developer. Um, so t- talk to me a little bit about what, it, what does the tool chain look like? Kind of what are your, uh, uh, how do you get the code from, how do you develop the code on, on your laptop? Um, and then how do you get it into production usually? Sure. So for, um, source code, we most, um, we use GitHub, mm-hmm. um, and for development vir- environments, because I feel like it, it, it allows developers to easily get up and running, especially when you're working across projects. Mm-hmm. Um, we use Vagrant. Um, initially, I started off with um, Chef to Chef, and I've moved on to um, Puppet, which actually acts as a provisioner mm-hmm. um, to get uh, your site up and running, and it actually um, installs the necessary LAMP stack that you need to mm-hmm. get up and running quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, we also use Jenkins and, um, another great tool that, uh, may take a minute to get your hands or head around, um, is, is BHAT, the behavior driven development, which is a testing tool, um, which uses the Gherkin language. Originally it was, um, built in Ruby. Um, but we use that to assist us with testing, um, a lot of, uh, the functionality, um, and making sure things, once you deliver the code, um, new code, that um, it works as it should and expects to. I was, I was going to ask about that. So, you know, I hear unit tests. And since I'm kind of like an infrastructure back-end guy, I think about unit tests. And I have, a, I have, you know, I can get my head around, okay, I have a little robot that goes in and kind of pokes at all the things I need to poke at to make sure that everything is behaving the way that it promises it's going to behave. And then I think about, well, how do you do this for a web page? That seems... Uh, 
that seems like it would be difficult. So BHAT is the is kind of it sounds like is the consensus way of of doing that that front end unit testing. Is that right? Yes, correct. It allows you to create um, kind of like test steps that you can use and repeat um, because a lot of the behavior and clicking is the same. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether you're creating content, checking to see if a header um, is showing up, a body is showing up, but just testing workflow, it's really helpful and it's repeatable. Um, Not only you can get other people involved, not just you, you know, maybe you can, uh, once you get your B-hat game up, you can get uh, uh, maybe your project manager to kind of deal with writing the actual test cases and developers oh, right. will be responsible for writing the code. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. The, the test cases are actually pretty cool. I mean, you, 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 you write stuff like, as a user, I go to this page, I then click this, and yes. I see that. Huh. That's, right. and, That's pretty great. And it, and it fits in perfectly with the agile development. I mean, a lot of government agencies um, like, you know, agile development. So, you know, working within that framework um, B-hat fits in perfectly. Yeah, it sounds like it. I, I, I mean, the words Adam used just now were like, that sounds like a user story, right? Um, it, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Well, cool. And so, the, and so, Nico, where do the, where do these workloads usually land? Is it, I mean, it's government customers. So my intuition is that there's a lot of kind of on-premise servers. <laughs> um, and, if yeah, you're, but, and if you're lucky, they're virtualized. <laughs> but yeah so, yeah, so it depends on, it's from agency to agency. I've seen, uh, you know, uh, some of the clients, they have their internal servers. Um, and uh, then you have others who are looking for what's good. And I, I've noticed also they're trying to reduce their costs. Um, so, you know, having in-house servers may n- not be the best solution when you can kind of like leverage uh, Amazon's AWS environment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it depends. Um, but I, I just noticed that across the board that government agencies are looking for what um, will reduce the costs and is the most feasible choice. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course. Uh, so, let's t- so let's talk about security for a second. So um, again, I'm an infrastructure guy and I feel like I got my arms around uh, what, what the security concerns are on the, on the back end of a system. But when you're talking about like literally like an agency front page, I imagine the security concerns are a little bit different. Um, so uh, what kind of security considerations go into, uh, into developing a government site? Um, I think um, with I think a few months ago, um, the government government came out with a standard that all websites um, had to be on SSL. So, you know, they have to use HTTPS. Um, So there's it's also important because there are a lot of things you can do once you log in. Um, So maybe, Adam, I'm not too versed about the security. Um, We've had to deal with a lot of the scanning, but Mm -hmm. no, I've I've done I've done a lot with that. so, so there are different levels. Um, I mean, first off, there's your infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you spin up a bunch of AWS boxes. Um, you know, you have to maintain those. Um, you know, one of the cool things I know um, at Aqua that we were really thrilled about is we just got our FedRAMP certification. Oh, yes. Uh, Very nice. Congratulations. So, yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was uh, awesome. Um, so now, um, you know, there, what that says is that there's a minimum amount of kind of infrastructure and security um, that's been, you know, being followed um, is, basically, is basically the gist. Mm-hmm. So, so it starts there. Um, you know, you, know you, you have to think about those, those low-level things. But then on the application level um, with Drupal, 
Drupal is actually pretty secure out of the box. Um, you know, it locks down a lot of things in ways that a CMS like WordPress doesn't, um, which is great. Um, and you know, one of as for like at the application level, so you you put this website out to the world, it's now exposed. <laughs> so what do you do? Um, if you're dealing with anonymous traffic. Um, it's really simple, actually. Um, for anonymous traffic, you basically just don't ever allow any anonymous users to ever get to the, the fleshy underbelly login sections of your site. <laughs> exactly. So, so uh, you can really, really easily lock that stuff down. Um, things get to be more interesting when you start dealing with um, authenticated users, like public authenticated users. Um, so for those users, um, you have to really, um, Drupal has a very robust permissioning system. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can control who gets to see what, where, and when. It's, it's so robust. I mean, the, the permissions page is probably hundreds of entries long. Um, so, so you really have granular control. Um, so you can do in, uh, over specific permissions as well as roles. Got it, got it. And so I presume, you know, if I'm building an application, I could even define my own roles. Um, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's totally, it's totally flexible. Right. You go into the UI, you can create a new role and start, you know, clicking and assigning different, um, you know, functions to it. Yeah, yeah, okay. That makes sense. All right, cool. Um, so l- let's talk about this. Uh, let's talk about the Drupal GovCon uh, a little bit. So it's in, uh, it's in Bethesda this year, yeah? Yeah. July 20th through the 22nd. Uh, t- uh, one, two, th- a three-day show. That's a that that's amazing. Um, it's uh, so I mean that's unusual that you'd have a. Um, there are not a lot of conferences that last that many days, um, at least in the DC area, right? Usually it's kind of a one-day thing. Um, so that's amazing. That's kind of a testament to how much content you can pull together. That's great. Yeah, yeah, we're really excited. Um, I think we got something like a hundred and eighty session submissions. So Lord. Yeah. How do, you, how do you sort through those? You're you're one of the organizers, right, Adam? Yeah, yeah. Uh, both both of, uh, of us are. Um, so it's it's going to be interesting. Uh, it's a, a lot of reading, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> it's it's humbling though to see what um, everyone else in the community is doing. Um, there, there's a lot of really cool stuff and a lot of new tricks to learn. Yeah. It is. It is. It, it's a great time. And so not only do you get the technical aspects of Drupal and the tools you use, but you get to talk to project managers and um, uh, new entrepreneurs. Um, so it's it's a great information sharing event. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, no, that's that's awesome. And so, Nika, in going through, were you able to go through all 180 submissions this year? Um, I think that we are doing that coming up within the next few days where there's a committee um, that goes through all of the submissions and decides on who's picked and who's chosen. Okay. Okay. So, so uh, folks listening to the show may still have an opportunity to bribe you, send influence. (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) And this isn't the first one, right? We, we, we've done this a number of times in the past. Yes, we have done it. Do you remember, is it our six, Seven, Adam. Do you remember? Oh, I'm I'm a baby. That's before my time. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know at least four years. We've been doing it so long, we forgot when we started. That's <laughs> yeah. It. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, well, that's great. <laughs> and so, how does the 
um, obviously, you know, the community can meet in events like this, um, but those events can only come along, you know, once or twice a year. Um, where is it that all the Drupal government folks hang out? Um, is there like a, is there a Slack you're all on or is there a mailing list? That's a good question. So in addition to the Drupal GovCon conference, um, there's also a sessions that are held quarterly at different agencies where um, government contractors or um, employees continue to learn and share. So I think there is an email listing out that's sent out periodically where people can, you know, Keep up with what's going on with Drupal. Oh, that's interesting. Gov. Okay, that's interesting. So it's primarily, um, it sounds like the community primarily built up around kind of events and meetups um, rather than uh, rather than kind of everybody being on one mailing list or, or in one IRC channel or something like that. Correct, yes. That's interesting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so at these different events, they teach different things from, you know, basic content management and to even more difficult such as uh actually coding custom modules or testing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, and there's a lot of active activity, especially on uh, meetup.com. There's a, um, a Drupal meetup group for the DC area. Um, there are uh, meetups that happen once a month in uh, DC, as well as Northern Virginia. Um, I think there's some in Maryland as well. Okay. Okay, cool. And so, um, and we'll, we'll include links to, to all those in the, uh, in the show notes. Um, so if I'm, uh, say I'm working in a basement of the IRS somewhere on COBOL or, uh, or I'm, uh, I'm a Node.js developer who's just had it with the uh, callbacks and uh, I want to get into Drupal, um, where would you recommend I start? Uh, I actually was a COBOL developer for eight years. <laughs> well, hopefully you weren't in a basement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, half the time, maybe. Um, I think the best way to learn is to actually get um, one way is to actually find a Drupal meetup and go um, and just dig in Um, getting Drupal up and running. There are a lot of tools um, that you can use to actually kind of like test drive Drupal. Um, So um, like, for instance, this morning, I actually got up a, a, a instance of um, Drupal on OpenShift within probably 15 minutes, Drupal 7. So once you get that up and running and you just play around, and in addition to that, there's a, a, a large collaborative community that you can reach out to. Oh, that's great. That's great. And thanks. I owe you 20 bucks for the OpenShift. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. You know, and that's a whole other can of worms, though, that you just opened up, uh, which, which is great, um, which is, you know, one of the, I think, the big pushes in the community right now is enablement. Mm-hmm. And how do we enable all these people who are totally um, new to Drupal to, you know, how do we make them successful? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's definitely a big problem. Um, you know, I think um, it can, when someone comes to Drupal for the first time, it's quickly, it can be overwhelming if they don't have kind of a path for themselves. Right. Um, and one of the things that um, really helps is to like pick one small thing that you want to try and do that one thing. Don't do everything. Just do the one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like the equivalent of like hello world. Right. You know, if, if you're writing something in, you know, C, C++, whatever, Java, you're, you're not going to write a full, you know, um, you know, user interface and everything on day one. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right, right. Just start start small and then iterate, get comfortable, and uh, kind of slowly, you know, 
the circle gets larger and larger over time as you as you experiment, right? Yeah, and there's a lot of great resources out there. Um, there's Drupalize Me. Um, there's Build a Module. I know um, Acquia now has Acquia Academy with some uh, video resources. Uh, I'm sure there's some others out there too. And um, then the, and the documentation within Drupal, the api.drupal.org you know, is, is good information to you know, help you understand. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, and also, folks could just go to the uh, Drupal GovCon on uh, July 20th through 22nd, right? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. We, we definitely want to see everyone there. Okay, cool. Um, well, let's see. Uh, I guess we're winding up here. Um, do you guys have any any final thoughts uh, or uh, or any uh, hints uh, for uh, new or existing uh, Drupal developers in the government space? I mean, I guess um, you know it's it's going. It's definitely a really exciting time. I mean, we're seeing a lot of innovation, um, a lot of new ideas, and um, you know, people are really pushing the ideas of you know what you can do and best practices forward. Um, we're just we're seeing some really great solutions um, out there now. Cool. All right. Yeah. Well, Adam, Nika, thank you very much for spending time with us. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having. Yes. Yeah. Real pleasure. Thanks a lot. Mm-hmm.